0: Uh, you nudged me. I nudged you. You didn't poke me. No, I nudged you. Nudged you nudged me. You know, that's, I don't know, uh, suggested pokes. I I don't poke anybody. You don't poke anybody? You just nudge people. I nudged you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm going to nudge. I, I got no nudge. I got, I got nothing. You, you I, are a nudge. <laughs> I'm, I'm nudgeless. Well, I nudged you anyway. Where would that come from? Where would I see uh-huh. that? Would I, I get a poke I up? don't know if you get an email or if it would show up would in I get, your activity like, you know, log. I would get this tingling in the back of my neck. Ow. That? No, that would be your back
1: to the bin sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: okay. Hmm. Hmm, 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 hmm. Did you nudge me from the app? Well, I, I, I don't have the app. I nudged you from Facebook. No, no, no. I mean, did you nudge me from the movie pop thing? Yeah, I was on movie pop and I saw that,
1: you know, it said games that I have open and I uh I nudged you. Hmm. It said nudge and I clicked on it. I said yes.
0: Maybe it takes a while for the nudge to come in. Maybe it's not instant nudgeification I don't know. Delayed nudgification. I don't like delayed nudgification.
1: I'm I'm very uh yeah, you know, very modern in that. I, I need instant notification, or just don't even bother me. What about poker fish cake? Uh, I don't poke. poke. I do not poke.
0: No poker for you? No poker, baby. <laughs> on, we had to start the show. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it sounded like you, you, you cleared your throat and something came out.
0: <laughs> Actually, I smacked my hand against the mic. I wasn't sure how that was going to come out.
1: <laughs> well, it sounded like something fell out of your mouth onto the table.
0: <laughs> I was going to hit my head against it, like I, you know, like he died or something. But all right, all right.
1: You, you're going to bring us in.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, me me la. we already did that. <sighs> Take deep breath. <sighs> Hello and welcome to Avengers Spotlight episode what are we on paul we all know what do we call this episode two we're gonna go straight to two we're not gonna do fractions nope. we're not gonna do points but no. this is not the two you were expecting well i don't hmm, That ain't well, it's problem. not the two we previously uh advertised right but it's the two you deserve hmm. well all right <laughs> anyway <laughs> maybe you don't deserve <laughs> it it's the two you deserve it's, it's the two you're gonna get yeah that's all Because uh, schedules have not been um, cohesive for the three of us, so we're going to do a quick little two-man to run down a couple emails we've gotten and cover some little Avengers books that we would probably not need to cover with all three of us, because we're going to stick with basically, um, for the three of us, we'll do some of the bigger runs, Uh, but I think we're going to start doing little two-man shows, or maybe a guest, or maybe like a single spotlight with maybe just just myself or perhaps Paul will do one um just so we can keep the show going because we don't want it to stall out and uh, so
1: uh, yeah until we can get our schedules aligned to do it all three of us uh we'll keep it
0: running that's all yeah because we don't and now now we've got the stiff competition of uh with Tales of the JSA back so mm, we're looking at you Bailey Gardner <laughs> wait Gardner you're supposed to be over here <laughs> Wait a minute is that the is that the Gardner Life model decoy you have over there? Oh, well, 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 actually, he's right here. So yeah, I'll just keep him back in the back of the room. He keeps the he keeps the riffraff out. <laughs> they <laughs> see him and they get scared off. Yeah, exactly. Scares the <laughs> me. <laughs> <don't> Bleep that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, just uh, before we get to the email, uh, have you seen uh, the uh, All Hail the King short or heard about it?
0: Oh, n- I saw it but I have not had a chance to look at it. I know it's supposed to be something with Ben Kingsley. What exactly is going on there? I haven't yeah, uh, I haven't I, seen it.
1: Well, by the time this airs, people probably have had a chance to see it already, so I don't know if I I don't, don't want to spoil. Uh so I'm I'm just going to say it's about an 11 minute short that's going to be uh uh on the uh, Thor Blu-ray, the Dark World Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and it's got Ben Kingsley, and uh, it's fairly entertaining. It's pretty good. Well, what's the premise? Oh, so, because I haven't even it's, seen it's, it. So, well, just without spoiling the premises, right. it's it's Ben Kingsley as Trevor in jail. Okay, and he's being interviewed, and hmm. we'll leave it at that. Uh, it's 11, like I said, it's eleven minutes short, and then you know they have the credits at the end of it, and they actually have a credit sequence in the uh, short.
0: Oh, really? Oh, I'll, yes. I'll have to watch that after we get done tonight. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other pertinent Avengers news. I know the Avengers comics that are coming out right now, they've st- were a little bit behind, at least I am. Well, I'm way behind, but I know they started Avengers World. I haven't really read any of those yet. Yeah,
1: I've picked them up, but I haven't read them yet. There's two of them out at this point, I think.
0: I think so. I know there's at least two. Um, and I know we've still got, uh, when is Avengers 2, Age of, are they calling that Age of Ultron or just Avengers 2 Ultron? No, I think they're calling it Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. But yeah. I don't think it's actually in any way other than the
1: title. I don't think it's related to the miniseries series Age of Ultron.
0: Oh, God, I hope not.
1: I would like to, before that movie comes out, do a spotlight episode on Ultron.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot there to choose from. I mean, are, are we talking we're going to do the overall character or are we just going to do an arc? I guess we'll have to decide well, that. I'm, I'm
1: thinking it. the best way to do it would probably be to pick three Ultron issues, mm. but make the coverage more expansive than that and actually give his history beyond those issues. Right. Yeah, because it's... I don't know if that's, that may be overreaching. Maybe we're better off just doing the history and not covering three issues. I don't know.
0: I don't know. That's uh that's kind of up there with Kang. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know what? We'll we'll get a uh I guess we'll we'll get a uh reading chronology and know which issues he was in, and then we can like I said we can give like a kind of a brief brief synopsis of the history of the character and then cover 3 of the you know, 3 of the issues that we choose. I I think that would work. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well that'll be down – down the road, but we've got till what Well, is At it? this rate, 20... we'll get it done by 2020. Yeah, yeah. Five years after the after the movie comes out, because it's coming out in 2015, isn't it? Still. Uh. Yes. So yes, yeah. as of so right now, still- the Avengers related movies we're waiting on to come out is going to be Captain America. Will be out in about two months, and then we've got Guardians of the Galaxy in the summer, yeah,
1: which. I- that's it, right? Until Is Ant-Man coming before or after the Avengers?
0: I don't know when Ant-Man's coming out. Oh, so you heard who's going to play Hank Pym.
1: Yeah, I don't like the casting. Not because I have any problem with Michael Douglas. I just don't think Hank Pym should be 65-ish. <laughs> I understand, you know, okay, they got Paul Rudd as, is he Scott Lang or is he Eric? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure I which I think he's one Scott he's Lang. Hmm. So if you say okay, Scott Lang is thirty-two-ish, shouldn't Hank Pym be about maybe say forty-five? So who would you cast as Hank Pym? Uh, I hadn't even thought about it. So I'm, um, I hadn't either. I'd say I don't it, have anybody it, in mind off the top of my head, but I I definitely would have. I would have wanted somebody who. How about Bill Paxton? That's not a bad idea. Uh, he may be a little just a touch too goofy. <laughs> I'd want somebody with a little bit more gravitas than that, I think. But age-wise, he's probably right in the range. You know, mid to mm-hmm. late forties. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd want somebody. You say, okay, he's the original Ant Man. He's a little older now. Probably too old to keep it up. Almost like you know, a guy who's too old to be an athlete at this point. Yeah. And but but not so far gone that you know he's. I I don't like to call sixty five ish an old man, but you know I mean in, for for athletic purposes that's an old man. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I don't think Michael Douglas can pull off the action hero and be believable at this time, at this point.
0: Well, it yeah, I like- mean, it depends on how they're gonna, I mean, I read, I've only read one article on it and I guess he's just supposed to be like a mentor figure. Yeah, but I don't want him to just be a mentor. I want him to be a guy who's recently retired. <laughs>
1: True. You know, true.
0: I mean, I don't know what
1: script they're working with, but that's kind of the the role I would see him playing. I I don't want him to be, you know, he was
0: Ant Man twenty five years ago, right? Because how do you work that into the Marvel, Ma- the Marvel movie universe? Because all this seems to have started well. Uh, well, they may not have it that he was never Ant Man; that he just developed the formula,
1: the Pym particles. Mm. But I I don't really like that either. I would rather it be that this Ant, if you're going to make this Ant Man, Scott Lang. Then have him be a legacy character and,
0: and you know retroactively create the Ant Man history. Hmm. Well, who would play uh, Janet? Or ha- have they said anything about Janet?
1: They haven't. Uh, I don't know who who who's easy to beat on.
0: Mm, hmm. Hmm. let it's That's easily slapped. Mm, Kathy Griffin. Oh, she. You. You can beat. <laughs> Oh, 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 yeah, I'm saying that you, that you want to slap. Uh, not that we condone slapping women. Absolutely not. It's unless they deserve it. <laughs> God.
1: It's horrible, horrible men. <laughs> like there's any women who listen to the show anyway.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think Hope listens. Are you out there, Hope? Email in. Yeah, if you all let us know. You could just do it on, on Facebook or you can uh,
1: email us or whatever, but. I'd be curious to know if there are any women who actually listen to this. I'm thinking there's five guys who listen to it, and that's it. Because we're, we're just misogynist pigs. We got, we got Russell Bragg listens, Jason Trenner listens, Luke Jacanetti listens, uh, Andy Leyland listens, and that's about it. <laughs> oh,
0: Greg Kirkman listens. We have an email. From Greg us. Kirkman listens. There you go. And
1: uh,
0: so, all right. Maybe Chris well. Tyler. <laughs> Maybe.
1: He listens everything. I don't know. Now he's got a woman. He may not
0: anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. There we go. They could play. There's our Ant-Man and Janet right there. Ant-Man. Chris. <laughs> I don't picture. <laughs> I don't picture <laughs> Euro as Ant-Man. I'm sorry. Puck, maybe.
1: <laughs>
0: hey, now he has been slimming down.
1: That's, yeah, but he it, has he gotten taller? <laughs> <laughs> as, as as he slims down, every every five pounds he loses, he gains an inch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's he's going upward. He's compressing himself into his he's he's going to become the elongated man. His nose will twitch.
1: I mean, when I when Chris and I managed to meet face to face, I mean, he look he looks great. He, he's he's getting himself in shape. I'm not taken away from that, but you know, I still don't picture him as Ant Man. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: all right well i guess with that we'll uh we're gonna take a, we're gonna take a quick little break and when we come back we're gonna jump into the emails
2: it's megacom the largest comic book anime gaming and multimedia event in the southeastern u.s returns Megacon from March 21st through the 23rd, 2014, at the Orange County Convention Center in magical Orlando, Florida. Confirmed comic book guests include Frank Bruner, Neil Adams, Bill Sinkevik, Mark Wade, Ron Mars, Greg Land, Michael Golden, Dennis Calero, George Perez, Brandon Peterson, Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, Kali Hamner, Carl Story, Renee Winterstater, Billy Tucci, and Brian Polito. Just added Nick Bradshaw, Adam Kubert, Dan Jurgens, Mike Miller, Kevin Eastman, Joshua Ortega, Digger, Bart Sears, Ethan Van Skyver, Mike McCone, Frank Thierry, Mike Mayhew, and Chuck Dixon. Confirmed media guests include stars from AMC's The Walking Dead, Torchwood, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Smallville, Battlestar Galactica, Star Wars, Star Trek and many, many, many more. Plus, I, Scott Gardner, will be there representing the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Tickets are available online now at www.megaconvention.com. Children 10 and under are free with paid adult ticket. That's Megacon 2014 at the Orange County Convention Center Magical Orlando, Florida, March 21st through the 23rd. For information, contact info at megaconvention.com or visit www megaconvention.com. That's MegaCon 2014. Be there. And we're back.
0: man that was a long break. I, I took a nap. Uh, I did some Sudoku and uh, I finished a 3D puzzle and uh, built the Enterprise in uh, Minecraft. So I wrote my doctoral thesis. Really? What's that going to be on? This one. On, on casting Ant-Man. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so, we've got three emails tonight. And, uh, wow, these are old. That's why, we can yeah, get- that's why we're doing an episode. We get back on. we realized how long it's been. We keep, we keep falling off the Avengers wagon. And we got to get back on and ride this horse. Ride well, it to death. Interestingly, oh. <laughs>
1: the last Avengers episode we did was the email episode. <laughs> and we have three emails before we're even getting to the next one. Which is...
0: Finished. Uh, kind of Enjoyed you. think about it. I forgot we did the email episode.
1: <laughs> one, you know, I know some people don't like email episodes, but I thought that was one of the funniest episodes we ever did of anything.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah there. Oh, that was with the uh, that was with our new Avengers team. The yes. uh, <laughs> the handicapped Avengers, the handicapped Avengers, the Iron Lung. Um, who else? Well, I, I can...
1: believe they are brought up in uh, one of the emails.
0: Yeah. Oh. oh okay. <laughs> well. So we uh, will get we will get to it. You want to do the first one, or you want me to do it? Uh I've got it open. I'll, I'll jump right in. And this comes from our friend Mister Luke Jacanetti. and it is subject line: Jeff Johns Avengers Run, Avengers Spotlight guys. Just wanted to let you know that Johns run Johns run on Avengers was twenty issues, which is not a here and gone run in my book.
1: Especially Austin. not in today's current atmosphere usually
0: 20 is is a decent run nowadays mm-hmm. yeah i think we didn't even we weren't even sure wh- how long it was um so you know we were talking out our butt sorry about that luke um, austin's run of eight issues was obviously much shorter and much less uh well regarded however i do want to say that kelsey lay lee lee, lee captain Br- lee. lee captain britain which he created did did get to uh, did get put to great use in Chris Claremont's new Excalibur, but as I am the only person on the internet who liked that book, I doubt anyone cares all that much. I'm uh, not sure if he's the only one who liked it or if he's the only one who read it. Well, I bought those. I just haven't read, you read them. them? <laughs> no, <laughs> no I you read come. them
1: yet? My point exactly. It
0: was kind of like a it was like a default re- re- you know reflex that happened. Oh, Excalibur. Oh yeah, I got to get that. But I. I haven't sat down and read them and don't know when I'll ever have time to read them all. But eventually someday when I'm the iron lung, I'll have time. Thanks for the cool episode, guys. You all have me cracking up, uh, up like crazy over the idea of Dr. Doom breaking into song. Although I do want to say that Dr. Doom's friend is of course, Namor. Can't you see the two of them palling around town, hitting the bars and, and pursuing used record (laughs) and bookstores. Those are not the guys you want to challenge to to a pickup game of basketball. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> I, yeah, I could see a little one-on-a, you know, a little two-on-two two basketball with Dr. Doom. Doom does not jump.
1: Perhaps Professor Allen would have a, uh, an opinion on that one. Some insight on that. Being the, the resident Doom expert.
0: I don't know. I'm trying to see Namor. Would Namor be the water boy?
1: Uh, you know what? He'd probably use his little winged feet to slam dunk, and that's you know, not really fair.
0: Well, and that's that's all we got on that one. Thanks <laughs> <next laughs> for the letter, Luke. <laughs> Thank you, Luke. We appreciate it, as always. Our next one is from friend of the show, Jason Trenner, spam. titled oh. Ninjas Strike Again, Avengers Spotlight 2. Spam, spam, spam. Oh, sorry. I was going to supply the spams in this one, but go ahead. <laughs>
1: hey guys I love the review of Avengers one and a half and of Avengers Volume three number seventy one now you you all realize that the uh, review of number seventy one was purely impromptu uh, we we hadn't intended to review that we just got off on a tangent no uh, tangent I just don't know yeah who would think that we'd go on a tangent the <laughs> The thing is, John's run was from issue 57 to issue 76. Still pretty short, but not as short as you guys believed it was. All right already. <laughs> Jeez. Boy, everybody's so worried. So, it was 20 issues. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> though I kind of tuned out for a lot of his run, though, got number 76 and wasn't very happy how Jack of Hearts went out. Like a chump. Yeah, pretty much. Poor guy. In any case, Avengers 1.5 is a great issue, one I honestly think was really good and enjoyable. Not sure how it fits with Joe Casey Avengers Year 1 behind-the-scenes series, but that's not really important. Also, wouldn't, won't mind seeing you guys explore Mighty Avengers 21 to the end of the series, basically when Dan Slott was the writer of the series. Yes, that's when Hank Pym went by the codename Wasp. But the thing no one seems to get, or didn't read the series, is that everyone else on the team is uncomfortable as can be. Hank is using their, that code name, or in a relationship with JoCasta. They're all noticing and finding it really weird. Yeah, actually, that that could be interesting. You know, I kind of tuned out at that point and wasn't really wasn't reading it regular. But I, I probably have to
0: pick those up and. Uh, that, yeah, that's what. Um... And read them. Sometime after that, doesn't he become the scientist supreme of the Marvel yes. Universe? And right they,
1: around that time, maybe right at the end of that or, or during it even.
0: And that's the whole Avengers. Um, they've got the mansion that's actually like a multi-dimensional, multidimensional. Um, hmm, like a multidimensional mansion. Multi-dimensional. <laughs> <laughs> they've got the mansion that's like a multidimensional mansion. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I don't know
1: either, but I, I really, I don't know. I wasn't reading it right then, so I can't even tell you. <laughs> Interesting, though. <laughs> some some Avengers spotlight guys, we are. Yeah, <laughs> we're experts. And they definitely would find the events of Avengers 71 strange. Of course, when turning giant-sized nude happened with Atlas in what was really the final issue where people would call the Thunderbolts and not that Fight Club stuff, techno snarked that proportionally Eric had nothing to be proud of (laughs) (laughs) to wrap things up. I really hope you guys cover what people consider the masters of evil story by reviewing the fourth masters of evil story though. Also up for you guys, reviewing something related to the 300 Avengers lineup by reviewing where they already revamped the team that included Namor have to take the injured Gilgamesh forgotten one back home and find it is in the negative zone and they have a run in with Blastar, the Living Bomburst who says he's had says he had destroyed all
0: the Eternals Mr Bomburstic is fantastic I'm a blaster blaster lover just think either of those would be fun I'm not sure what you mean by the
1: fourth masters of evil story mm. I mean if we're talking the first one being in the early run when basically cap has the landslide killed the original Zemo? And then the second one, I think, is around in the '50s or so, with the
0: is the cow Crimson Cow bringing yeah. the Masters of Evil? Yeah, and, and it's basically Ultron. Ultimately. Yeah, yeah, Jarvis. And then Cal, is is Ultron. the third one under siege? Mm-hmm. The I'm getting my uh, getting my Masters of Evil confused with my Zodiac. Um,
1: I'm not sure. I think did Under Siege might be technically the third, third?
0: one. Third. Well, where would the fourth one be? I don't know. That's that's what Jason might be da, da, da. saying. There's
1: another one after that that's worthwhile. Hmm. I think what they might have done, if if my memory is accurate, and it very well may not be, but I think when the original Masters of Evil became the uh, Thunderbolts, that some other people picked up the mantle of Masters of Evil. Mm. vamp, vamp, Paul. <laughs> 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 just just go to the girl from Uponuma
0: and we're okay. Oh my god. Uh Masters of Evil's name from the fictional the Comic. Yeah, I know that. Okay. How about give me some more information on appearances? Fourth versions. Okay. Hmm. Well, Maybe he's talking about the one we're eventually going to review because I have here publication history. First versions of the Masters of Evils debuted Avengers 6. Mm-hmm. Second version was in 54.
1: Okay. We, we hit
0: on both of those. Yes. The third did we, version. Did we miss the third one? I guess because it's saying the third version of the Masters of Evil debuted in Avengers 222. Uh. That would be Eggheads, masters of evil. <clears throat> oh, okay, sorry. Man, that's and <laughs> how could we have forgotten Egghead? Excellent. Egg, Too bad it wasn't. When, when are we going to do our Egghead episode of Avengers Spotlight? <laughs> we should just just play the the uh, the Batman episode with Vincent Price as as Egghead.
1: You know, just just as as a thought in the in the Ant Man movie, I really hope Egghead isn't the villain. <laughs> egg it would be better if they have the living eraser. <laughs> I mean, eggs-to-stee. eggs to, eggs to Whatever. Get Vincent Price over with a bold-headed...
0: Po- I guess with a pointy, bold-headed wig. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, those were the days. So, let me see. Yeah, the fourth version, it says here, is Avengers... Uh, debuted in Avengers 270. 270? Mm-hmm. They must well, yeah, have had a flash... Oh, yeah, they were... It's, it's, it's basically a subplot. Yeah, so doing a the setup. So it gets to... Then it says the fifth version debuted in Guardians of the Galaxy twenty-eight. Now that would be Guardians of the Galaxy twenty-eight. Mm. Did it, did it, did it. Well,
1: that would be that they had a, the Guardians had a run for of about a hundred issues with the original Guardians, so it must be in that run.
0: Yeah, and then the sixth version of Masters of Evil was in Hulk four forty-nine, but I think that's actually the Thunderbolts. Yeah. Because it was in 449. It was right before the Hulk jumped into... Uh, or um, It was right after, actually. Was it? Yeah, that was, uh, that's that we right.
1: That, covered that issue. Yes, with, that's right. Because episode that's what we did
0: with uh, Luke and, uh, and Chris. And then the seventh version debuted in Thunderbolts 3. And the eighth version was in Secret Avengers 21.1, which I have not read. So, Nor have I. Again, what great Avengers people we are. We suck. Oh, well. (laughs) No, I was just... Oh, the the fifth one was the uh, Dr. Octopus's Masters of Evil, and they were defeated by the Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. And then the pre-Thunderbolts Masters of Evil. All right, yeah. And then Crimson Cows, and the Shadow Council's Master of Evil. Hmm. Okay. Well. All right. Thank God. Thank you, Jason, for the email. And then we gave ourselves a quick quick lesson. All
1: right. That's yeah, good. This episode won't need any editing at all.
0: No, no, no streamlining. Just put it out the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> and on to our next email. Yes, which is from... I don't think uh, we have ever... Have we received something from Greg Kirkman before? I think this is our first one, but I could be wrong. Okay. Well... <laughs>
1: another listener. Yay.
0: I would like to thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Kirkman, for joining us. Are you related to Robert Kirkman, by any chance? I'm <laughs>
1: oh, sure. I'm sure it's his brother.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Has to be. That's not a common name. It's like Robinson. Nobody's ever heard of it. Spitaro, though. Mm, that's a pretty common name. <laughs> Every time you turn a corner, you come into come across you, another You Spitaro. can't throw a stick without hitting a Spitaro.
1: You Well, you know, my daughter has her uh, lacrosse sweatshirt with a name on the back. Mm-hmm. And one day we went out, and, and in the course of like a day, four different people came over to us and said, oh, are you related to so-and-so? And it was people we've never met. So there are other Spitaros out there.
0: Waiting. Waiting for all of you. Yes. <laughs> anyway. From Mr. Kirkman, we have our subject line is Avengers Spotlight 1.75. Greg would like, I would like to see the Iron Lung join the Avengers and get his own miniseries consisting solely of repeated panels of the lung in his room at Avengers Mansion. Night becomes day, day becomes (laughs) night. (laughs) Jarvis occasionally comes in to dust the actual lung, which our hero is encased in, and make sure it's still plugged in. That's the main plot. Big cliffhanger at the end of issue three, when a bird seeing its own reflection in the lungs window begins flying into the window again and again as birds exactly do. Will the bird die? Will Jarvis or one of the other Avengers intervene? Will the bird and, and, and lung become friends? Will they become enemies with that level of excitement? How could it not be a hit? Thanks and keep up the good work. Great. work. <laughs> well, you could have,
1: uh, you know, Jarvis is busy one day. So morbid, morbidly obese lad is asked to tend to the lung,
0: and then, and then, and then and again, is-
1: you could have six pages of him walking up the stairs and wheezing.
0: <laughs> <sighs> He's going to need his own iron lung. <laughs> <laughs> when he
1: finally makes it up the stairs he pulls Iron Lung out of it and gets in.
0: <laughs> and then as he's leaving he trips on the cord and he unplugs it. Oh man, it's so freaking cruel. And then the the only person that sees it is Asthma lad. <laughs> it's <laughs> and he tries to yell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the breathing contingent of the uh, Handicapped <laughs> it's Avengers. <laughs> it's kind of the, the, for the Handicapped Avengers, that's their version of like the cosmic people.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the oxygen-based
0: handicaps. <laughs> well, they could probably function in a low-oxygen atmosphere. They, they They're barely making it on any as it is. Yeah,
1: and then, but then, to the rescue comes peanut allergy lad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What is is like the planners peanut guy? His ultimate nemesis.
1: (laughs) But he's felled by a Mister Goodbar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You just open up
1: for a payday.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, open a can of peanuts and throw it down behind you. Oh my god, I can't chase (laughs) him. Here comes this arch enemy with a
1: top hat, a monocle, and a cane.
0: <laughs> and nothing else. Ooh, It's kind of disturbing now when I look at Mr. Peanut. <laughs> I don't know if I can eat that now.
1: Yeah, that would be a shame.
0: Not being able to eat peanuts? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I don't
1: know where we're going with this. But... Well, that wraps it sh- the- <laughs> that wraps up the email for today.
0: Uh, always good to visit the uh the special Avengers? The handicapped Avengers?
1: The Haas? I, I, I've been calling them the handicapped Avengers, but I think the Special Needs Avengers might be the better. SNA? The Special Need <laughs> Avengers? I mean it's almost what they did with the Great Lakes Avengers when you if you've read those.
0: Yeah, yeah. You had the guy that could flatten him out. You had uh, Big Bertha, which they were actually uh, weren't they with Alpha Flight to begin with? Some of them. I'm not sure.
1: No, I thought they were all original for that series. No, I
0: mm, well,
1: Squirrel Girl.
0: Yeah, well, Squirrel Girl was probably the only one that was actually, you know, actually somewhat of a superhero or had any (laughs) any ability. Well, didn't she, like, defeat,
1: like, Galactus or something in some story?
0: She, uh, well, one thing, I think she ended up being Luke Luke Cage's, uh... She was the nanny. Yeah, she was the nanny. She Uh, was their friend, Drescher. (laughs) Great, now I just pictured Squirrel Girl with the hair and Fran Drescher's voice. Picture with that voice. Ow! (laughs) Do you have any nuts? I'm kind of hungry. Nah, that just doesn't sound good. Doreen
1: at all. Green, a fictional character and superheroine in the Marvel Comics universe. Her first appearance was in Marvel Superheroes Volume 2, Number 8, a story plotted and drawn by Steve Ditko. Uh, she was a member of the Great Lakes Avengers. And let's see who's on the Great Lakes Avengers. We'll get, we get off of Squirrel Girl now.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at greatly uh Big Bertha was on there. See, I I think I know where I was thinking Alpha Flight because they first appeared in West Coast Avengers. At least Big Bertha did. And Mr. Immortal. Doorman and Flatman. Doorman. Yeah, they were all in Avengers West Coast. So and that Flat was Flatman could look
1: kinda like Reed Richards.
0: And they were created by John Byrne, so I think that was my Alpha Flight cross uh in my head. Doorman current herald of oblivion oh my god i've reached the end of the internet no data no data received no data for you the data nazi just cut uh, me off you broke the internet once again thanks a lot bill I've, i think i'm just going to shut that window down all right so what do we got for books there mr paul what would what he what, what what did we select at a moment's notice tonight okay well the book i went with actually has a relationship to a
1: book I've covered recently. Uh, I, unfortunately, you weren't there for that one, but on the episode that I did with uh, Luke and Scott Rifen, I covered a Captain America issue with the original Moonstone in it. Mm-hmm. And the, that character actually went on to become uh, another character named Nefarious eventually. And I actually looked up on Wikipedia, the source of all information,
0: Oh, that's what, the same guy? Yes. Oh.
1: And okay. so from Wikipedia, it says, As Moonstone, Lloyd Block became an agent of the Second Secret Empire and its front organization, the Committee to Regain America's Principles. And that's the story that we had covered, or part of it. And the Committee to Regain America's Principles, which is the uh, – the the spells out crap <laughs> – it was set up by them to discredit Captain America and take his place as America's symbol, symbolic hero. The Empire had previously damaged Cap's reputation by accusing him of vigilanteism and framing him for the death of a small-time criminal, the Tumbler. Moonstone was empowered by a stone found in the moon's surface, hence his codename, and he posed as a new American costume crime fighter. During the Secret Empire's attack on the White House, he claimed that he could not defeat their plans, intending to discourage resistance from the public. Moonstone was subsequently exposed and attacked and defeated by Captain America, while the Falcon, Cyclops, and Marvel Girl took out the rest of the Empire's soldiers. After the Secret Empire's defeat, he was arrested. His alien gem was stolen from him by psychiatrist Dr. Carla Safin, who psychologically manipulated him to convince him that it was turning him into a monster and reject it, thereby losing his superhuman powers. Safin took the gem and became the second Moonstone, and that's the character, obviously, we know from the Thunderbolts. That, I believe, happened at the issue of the Hulk, although I couldn't that tell you that. does sound absence. familiar, yeah. Block later... Here we go. This is where I was getting to. Block later resurfaced with ionic powers similar to those of Wonder Man, bearing the new codename Nefarious, and claiming to be the son of Count Nefaria. He captured Safin and planned to kill her in revenge. He battled Captain America and Quasar. He was defeated by Safin and sent to the vault. Okay, so that's where we pick up. And I have Avengers Unplugged number one from October of 1995, which has a $0.99 cent cover price. It was part of a series of books that they did at the time. They had Avengers Unplugged. They had Fantastic Four Unplugged. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think they had a Spider-Man Unplugged. And they were all, I think, you know, it was a testing ground for new artists, new writers, and it was cheaper books to see if they could uh, increase circulation by putting cheaper books on the stand. And I don't think it really worked out as well as well one, one
0: would have hoped. They actually went back, I believe, to the old cheaper paper, yes. as well, which which yes. is why the cost was down and you and like in this case there's there's a lot of story here i mean it's a thirty yeah. it's a thirty two page story and not not that's not there's no ads it's i believe is isn't it all thirty two pages I think maybe no, maybe not, maybe not, maybe it looks like the mm, no it's twenty four I guess I can't count. <laughs> Dr. Bill. Dr. Uh, Dr. Bill's counting lesson. I I, I don't have a degree in mathematics.
1: And from Mike's Amazing World, we know that the writer is Glenn Hurdling. The penciler is M.C. Wyman. The inker is Sandu Florea, lettered by Carolyn B. Wells and colored by Ashley Posella. And also from Mike's Amazing World, the story is apparently reprinted in Untold Tales of Spider-Man slash Avengers Unplugged number two. The cover is by M.C. Wyman and inked by Al Milgram, and it shows nefarious front and center simultaneously battling Giant Man, the Vision, and the Black Widow, while Hercules is behind him lifting a, a boulder apparently to throw on him. Uh, it's not a bad cover but it's nothing really special and just the idea of hercules throwing the boulder at him reminded me of the episode of uh of the batman cartoon when uh what's his name uh crock uh just keeps saying i threw a rock at him <laughs> <laughs> story is called "Unchain my heart and it opens with the same avengers team that's on the cover within the vault which is the supervillain prison or one of the supervillain prisons, uh, apparently bringing in Nefarious, who is in a containment unit of some sort. We're told that he had escaped, but then had basically surrendered, and Hercules, being the pompous ass that he is, says, you know, basically that he surrendered because he was afraid to face them. (laughs) Uh, It seems that they don't have a dedicated containment unit that's fitted for him yet, and they've been keeping him drugged while they make one. And have received a notice from his lawyer saying that they're violating his rights by doing that. And then we cut to off and Moonstone, who's apparently receiving some sort of special treatment for good behavior, and she's in a bikini and there's like artificial sun, so she's sunbathing. We cut right back to Nefarious, who's thinking about how he escaped to seek revenge on her, but that he let her let himself be brought back in when he realized that she was in the vault. And the guards, in a moment of brilliance, walk him right by her cell, and he immediately starts gyrating to free himself. They rush him by, but he escapes the containment unit that they have, and the armored guardsmen uh, just get basically beaten to a bloody pulp. Literally. Yeah, pretty much literally. Then he sets off after Moonstone. He bursts through a cell wall and starts beating on her. And then the Avengers come to a rescue. He's, he's particularly brutal, making her pick a bone for him to break, saying that if she doesn't pick one, he's going to break her neck. She picks her arm, and he breaks it. Personally, I would have gone for something like the little toe, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> as, as the Avengers start fighting him, she crawls off and lets herself drop into an open elevator shaft. Once she falls far enough, the neutralizers that are uh, killing her powers are no longer effective, and she regains them. She starts to battle with the Vision while Giant Man is fighting Nefarious. Uh, until she throws the Vision into Giant Man, and as he's searching for Moonstone, Nefarious beats up on the Gray Gargoyle just for fun, and then moves on. The Avengers catch up to him, and the battle starts up again. Hercules tackles him and starts beating on him, but it's very similar to the scene when Kirk was punching Khan in the most recent Star Trek movie, and he's just punching away, but it has no Im- no effect and doesn't phase <laughs> him at all. He shoots eye beams in Herc's face and blinds him, which we know that because as soon as the the beams hit his face, he says, Wait. "Hey, you've blinded me!"
0: No, or thou has blinded me.
1: Because <laughs> you have to, you have to. Basically, give exposition for everything that happens, because we can't figure that out. He tosses him into Black Widow, and then he easily takes out Giant Man, and isn't even slowed down by a punch from the Vision, who was Diamond Hard at the time. He punches the Vision through four levels of the prison and out into the open. Moonstone seizes that opportunity to escape through that route that was just created by Vision's body. But the Black Widow engages her in battle, and she's taken out fairly easy, And Moonstone starts to escape, but as she does so, she meets up with the returning Vision. He's pretty weak from the beating that he took, and she takes him out. But then she's again confronted by the Widow. Meanwhile, Vision thinks aloud about how he defeated the original Nefario by dropping a mile at diamond density into him. But he bemoans the fact that there isn't enough room for him to do that in the prison. But instead, Giant Man and Hercules immediately seize on that and do a fastball special style move. And throw, throw him at Nefarious, and that does the trick and knocks him out. Meanwhile, up above, the wizard tells... The wizard... The widow tells Moonstone that she had been a model prisoner up till now, but that if she escapes, that she's going to end up serving her sentence with Nefarious if she doesn't give up. And so, in a kind of illogical moment, she gives up. And the story ends.
0: Hmm. This is... I don't know, you know, it was alright, it was kind yeah. of entertaining It wasn't a bad story it just... No, 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 I mean, it's got that It's it's mid-90s, right? 95 was when this came out mm-hmm. And it's got that It's got that image style With some of the characters With some of the art There's a couple inconsistencies In the body types And um, Okay Last panel in the whole book, yeah, last n- yeah, next to last, where Moonstone is helping up Natasha, look at the arm she's helping her up with now, go back to the arm that was broken in <laughs> in the previous part of the book, now, I know that's a nitpick, but uh um, well, it's the same arm, just to no prize it kind of
1: I'm guessing when her it power was broken, kicked in, she fixed Yeah, when her, her power kicked in somehow
0: she healed. I don't know her powers well enough to know. I don't know either. I mean, because through most of the book, she is favoring that arm. And she doesn't really use it against anybody. It kind of hangs back at her side until... Uh, uh, yeah, maybe towards like the, towards the in- end of the book, she actually starts to kind of use that arm. But, you know, not, maybe maybe it healed on its own. But the other one that kind of stuck out like a sore thumb is when the vision turns into his dense form and he starts getting his clothes blasted off of him. And the closer he gets to Nefari, the muscler, he gets more muscular. I mean, he's never done that. It's always been, I mean, his body just, his body type didn't really change, but he starts getting all these muscles he's never had. And then when he gets in striking distance to hit him, he's just, just huge. He, he looks like freaking cable. Yeah. You know, I mean, with with a little pinhead. Yeah, yeah, even his head is like smaller. He's, he's literally become almost Hulkish as he was gaining density, he was gaining muscle mass. You know, but I mean, the art's, o- the art's okay.
1: The art's okay. The, the fine work on it is kind of bad. It is kind of rough.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it,
1: it, it's, I don't like the inking. Uh, and some, some of the efforts to, and I guess it's the 90s thing, but some of the people are drawn just a little too muscle-bound. Hank Pym is drawn way too muscle-bound.
0: Yeah, Hank Pym looks more like, I mean, granted he's in the Goliath persona, but, yeah, he does not look like Hank Pym. Now, I've always liked the Noferia costume for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe I'll have a thing for a cape with a gold uh that goes over one shoulder with a gold braid holding it on. <laughs> no, with the a, I do walk around the house with one of those. <laughs> with the black and the white and the big black N at the center of your uh, waist. <laughs> Except for you, it would be a P for Paul, or or an S for Spataro. <laughs> Either one. Spatarius. They both work. <laughs> okay. Count Spatarius. <laughs> Count Spatarius. Um, so are we to understand that all this time that Nefarious was just, or actually Lloyd was just faking being drugged? I don't think he was faking being drugged, but I think he, well, cause why would he suddenly just being near her, make him come out of his drug stupor? Because he mm-hmm. said, he says I was, it's like he's, you know. I was right. I broke from the vault in a drug condition to search for her. But once after outside, well, once outside after drugs were realized, she could only be in one place. And I came back my own volition because certainly. Okay, so maybe he would. But
1: they were just saying he was drugged. He was drugged, and but he managed to overcome the drugs enough to escape. And then, as he, you know, as he after he escaped, like little by little, his head cleared more and more, and he realized that. She was within the prison.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, but it kind of implies here that with the whole thing with the court order, you know, saying that this Joker's lawyers saying that we're violating his rights because we're keeping him drug 24 hours a day. Unless this happened just immediately after the battle, because when did this battle take place? It doesn't really say, does it? Well, they. I don't think they oh, actually it's... had a
1: battle. He pretty much surrendered. Oh, OK. At least that's the way I read it.
0: Hmm. I have to say that uh, Moonstone looks nice, and I guess that other guard is admiring her too in, in her bikini with the sun lamp on. And who wouldn't? <laughs> kind of weird, though. She's <laughs> in prison and she's sunbathing in a bikini. And I, I didn't know they had female guardsmen. I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that they do that. <laughs> it's Guardman with <called> boobies, farmer <laughs> <Palmer> with boobs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of always liked the guardsman that, and what's his name? What's his name? O'Brien? Is O'Brien, that a... yeah. And he, I mean, he comes from way back in, you know, the Iron Man book. Right.
0: And he was in, uh, he was, t- wasn't he tied to Project Pegasus too?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's a history there. So I kind of like that,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: his armor was never, you know, his his armor was never at the level of an Iron Man armor. No which is another reason why, you know, he basically nefarious
0: takes them out easily. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he punches the one one guy in the face and it totally, he punches him and I guess rips the face of the armor off. And then um, after he leaves these guys for dead, the other guys come in and there's just, just a hand sticking up. The fingers are all kind of gnarled and it's dripping some type of liquid, which we are to assume it's blood because one of the guys says, oh, I'm going to be sick. Because he's obviously either, A, killed these guys or just beaten them with an inch of their life and they're bleeding all over the place. So, eh, he's a pretty bad dude. Yeah, but
1: uh, on that uh, the Wikipedia entry, it says if an, at some point the real Count Nefaria comes over and drains him of his ionic power and basically kills him.
0: Hmm. All right, now, one other thing. I. I and I hate to pick things apart, but uh, no, that's that's your job. <laughs> um, I'm totally blanking on the guy in the other cell, but I know who he is. The Gargoyle, gargoyle. yeah, isn't he French? Yes. We, 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 huh? So hey, hey, come hey, on, you. <laughs> you going to free me or
1: what? No, huh?
0: no, no. How about <laughs> busting me out of this joint?
1: You <laughs> can lay waste to it together.
0: Uh, Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't see joint in the. uh, I just. So yeah. Are you
1: saying that French people are more sophisticated than us? Perhaps. They do like Jerry Lewis.
0: <laughs> hey, lady! <laughs> but uh, I just don't see this really as a good. And isn't it amazing that in all. Su- in, and I think. I've either heard this recently or we've t- talked about it. In all super prisons, everybody usually has their costume on. Yeah, <laughs> I do I, I think you guys them. mentioned it on, on a cap. Uh, I think that's one I wasn't on for, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, it's just, here. The gray gargoyle, full costume. You know. Now, granted, they brought the in, so he could be in costume. Well, you could, you could. I think you can get away with the gray gargoyle because you could say
1: he's it's a part of stone, him, and and the costume becomes a part of him.
0: All right, and Moonstone's costume appears after she activates her powers when she yeah, gets away well, from bikini. So that's yeah. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Not gonna.
1: What about that? That's the splash page in the middle when basically the Avengers are confronting him. Look at uh look at Hank Hank Pym and Hercules's bodies.
0: <laughs> oh, he you mean the one <laughs> to make them you know muscular that he gave him these huge balloon chests. <laughs> look at those. Look at those thighs, man. <laughs> Those are huge. I mean, his thighs is as big as his waist, for God's sakes. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's terrible.
0: that's terrible. And then you've got this little tiny black widow right next to him.
1: His, his arm is, like,
0: whiter than his head.
1: <laughs> a lot wider.
0: Yes, yes, you are right. And Hank Pym is really mad. You know, I don't think maybe he thinks, you know, maybe he thinks that Nefari is a woman. Uh, I'm not quite sure exactly. what's going on there. And then look how big, the, even the vision's got some muscles, but he's still kind of, he's still small compared to the other two. I mean, but Hank basically, well, except for his, his right leg. <laughs> That's freaking huge. I mean,
1: okay. He, but he's he got this tiny little foot sticking out of his, <laughs> look at his dainty little feet. <laughs> but look at, look at Hank. He basically has this huge chest. And it goes right to his waist. There are no abs.
0: And what's with the pockets? There's pockets on. Okay. Take a t-shirt. Cut the sleeves off. Now stitch pockets to it for no apparent reason in a circle around your arm all the way. You can't even reach the ones behind you. There's got. And he's you got. got bumps like that you can't. He's got pockets on his waist. He's what? what is he? Is he in, in overachiever Batman? What? I, I, I don't get it and when was Hercules in this outfit I just, don't just I don't just, ever remember this in in Avengers proper do you I uh, kind of remember hank in that one and that's just a standard black widow pocket. and and look she's got well she's always had stuff on her belt hasn't she or no she hasn't had pouches on her belt all the time has she no didn't she just have like like a belt with like circles yeah yeah, she's got the little, well, yeah. She's also got pretty big thighs. Well, yeah.
1: And then she's got the little, little, pe- little paunch. She's
0: got a paunch? Oh, yeah, yeah, look at that. Just Ride below the belt. belt. Yeah, well, you know, maybe she has got, got some little black widows in there. <laughs> she shouldn't be fighting in her condition. Oh, yeah, and Hercules going to town, beating the living daylight out of him, and then he's got the, you know, hate... Nefaria looks like he's posing for a toothpaste commercial. (laughs) He's got the... (laughs) He looks like Clay Quartermain. Yes, a buffed Clay Quartermain with fantastic dental work. There's not a gap in the... His entire mouth is teeth. And what I mean by that... One, he doesn't have any lips. (laughs) It's just... He's got a bottom lip. He's got a bottom lip. Oh, and that, that nice, huge jaw... And then flap, he blinds him. Fazap. Arg, thou hast blinded me. <laughs> and then he throws Hercules onto the Black Widow, which would probably kill her. I guess we've I guess we've beaten this horse enough. The story's okay. I d
1: I don't like the artwork though. I really don't.
0: Yeah, it's just um. Uh...
1: It's not terrible, but it's just so... Actually, you know what? There are points where it is terrible. There's there's points in this thing where it almost seems like something like a kid would
0: draw. All right. Now go go back to the last panel again. And this is a comparison to the big splash page panel in the beginning. And even when you look at the very first page, if you look at the first page, it's almost like there's two different artists because... Everybody is in the correct proportions. Their bodies are kind of proportioned. Hank, you know, at the very first picture, Hank Pym looks normally proportioned, like a normal human being. And then you're right, in that middle splash page, it's like he grew certain portions of his body larger than others. And then at the last page, we're back to normal proportions again. So I don't know. You think very that, inconsistent. Yeah. So are are we gonna do grades on this like we've been doing for Back to the Bins? Yeah. We
1: will, uh, and and I'm going to separate it the way Scott had suggested. Normally, I, if if it's if the writing and the art are consistent, I, I I'm good giving it one grade, but uh, I'm going to give the story a C plus. I think it's a little better than average because it's you know it's got a lot of action and it. it's kind of fun, uh, but I'm giving the art a D. What about the cover? Hmm. C it's 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 an okay cover but it's not anything special
0: yeah I'll... a little
1: too busy for me uh, and what 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 positives i'm giving it i think i'm giving to al Milgram because i think the inking on the cover is pretty good
0: Hmm. yeah i'll i yeah i'll go with those grades it's pretty much the same overall i'm giving the book if, you know if i'm
1: taking everything to, into account uh I'm saying the art's bringing it down enough to make it a little below average, and I'm giving it a C-. Yeah.
0: I concur. Here, here, And all that. And there we go. Pip-pip and... cheerio.
1: <laughs> so, you, you saying that Andy Leyland.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we have to keep our uh, British contingent happy. There you go. All right, you want to go on to your book? Yeah, I'm... Uh... My book is, uh, which oddly enough, um, we we picked these just last minute. I actually went in and physically pulled a did a random Scott Gardner type and found an Avengers box and pulled something out. And I came up with uh, the Avengers Two Wonder Man and the Beast, which uh, c- kind of a tie in and that my book also has an ionic powered character, as did yours. In in the so, uh, that's the theme of the episode. Ionic power, ionic irony, I <laughs> the ionicry, yeah. So, Avengers two, Wonder Man of the Beast number one. Uh, obviously, Marvel Comics covered eight May two thousand on sale March eighth two thousand. Cover price two ninety nine. Uh, edited by Tom Bre- Brevoort. Our cover consists of um, you have Simon Williams. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what um I guess this is a new costume. I'm not totally familiar with this one. It's it's not his standard old, you know, the one from the seventies and eighties where he had the little jet packs on his waist and uh the red Steve Austin looking overcoat with the uh, black pants. And then later we had the the one where he gets the big W. Maybe this is that one. He is standing to the side, though. Not quite sure. Uh but behind him is the ever loving Blue-furred Beast, and uh, to one side on the cover, we have like a faded out picture of uh, various Avengers, the War, Scarlet Witch, Iron Man, Captain America, Vision, and then at the top is uh, an old picture also of Wonder Man himself. And then also on the other side of the cover behind the Beast, we have a picture of the original X-Men, Professor X, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Iceman, and Angel. And it says, the boys are back in an all-new limited series. And basically, our book tonight, this one, is kind of like a clip show, (laughs) as I was telling Paul earlier. that It basically runs down that Simon Williams is back. He had died twice. Uh, He was brought back by the Scarlet Witch. And on our opening page, you see he's given a big old smooch from the Scarlet Witch. Oh, sorry. As usual, when I don't write things down, I do things out of order, which is, go ahead, insert smart comment there. Con! Oh, sorry. <laughs>
1: At least you finished the synopsis on that one.
0: Yes, yes. Or so you think. So, uh, our story is written by uh, by Roger Stern. Mark Mark Bagley is a penciler. Greg Adams is the inker. Sharp Front and SC is the lettering. Tom Smith, the colorist, Tom Brevoort, is editor, Bob Harris, editor-in-chief, and special thanks to Kurt Busiek, Avenger. Simon is smooching on the Scarlet Witch, getting ready to board a plane, as another rather muscular man in glasses, who looks kind of familiar, if you're familiar with Marvel Comics, turns and looks and says, Ah, that's a Moray." But we go back and we see where Simon is recounting, which, like I said, is much like a clip show, how he came back, his recent death was at the hands of a Kree ion cannon that uh, that happened, that dispersed his ionic body back in Force Works number one, and how it was the Scarlet Witch's love for him and her chaos energies bullshit bullshit <laughs> um, that brought him back from the dead in Avengers Volume three number eleven. That was
1: her superpower called plot device. <laughs>
0: yes as uh at the end of avengers disassemble when uh dr strange comes in and goes there is no such thing as chaos magic but i see him pictured as like uh charlton heston with the little thing around his neck you know scarlet witch it's all bullshit oh sorry (laughs) so uh he is back from the dead again via the scarlet witch like you said plot device And he gets a run in with the Vision who's not happy about him being back because, you know, there's still basic, you know, because anybody who's not familiar with Simon Williams, he, he, his, uh, and the Vision, the, the Vision, see, here I go rambling. The Vision's brain patterns, brain patterns are based off of Simon Williams. So essentially they are this, they could, you could consider them the same person. So, logically, they would both fall in love with the same woman. But, hey, who wouldn't fall in love with a hot redhead that wears skimpy clothing and can alter reality? I know I would. Honey, dye your hair. Sorry. (laughs) And put on this outfit. And put on this outfit. But first, alter reality, then put on the outfit. Oh! Glad she's not listening. (laughs) So, Simon says, well, hey, I've got a few things to take care of. I'm getting on the plane. Love you, babe and she says I'll be waiting for you and so will the avengers. So, he boards the plane. He doesn't really he's he's he, he wants to fly coach. Doesn't want a lot of pomp and circumstance. But once the crew finds out who he is, "Oh, we're going to upgrade you to first class." So, "Okay, well thanks. You know, there's no need, you know. It's it's fine. I don't want any recognition." So, he gets in first class, sitting there waiting and there's uh, oddly enough that gentleman with the glasses is sitting next to him reading a book and is discussing things with some Basically, Simon really just isn't interested, and inside he has, inside his head he thinks, ah, just my luck, a talker. So his after that, his thoughts go into uh, thinking about his mother and how he came back and discussed with her, hey, I'm back, I'm alive. His Mother, Aunt May, <laughs> or Agatha Harkness, maybe.
1: Uh, yeah. Or or. or uh... Based on the one picture in the middle of that panel, Jimmy Durante.
0: <laughs>
1: Simon, Simon, what are you doing?
0: <laughs>
1: okay. And back to our synopsis.
0: And just think, Paul, some people that are listening to this show have no idea what we're talking about.
1: I think that's a very common event. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sometimes I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> so, because, and obviously, older Mrs. Williams has a few screws loose because she even considers the vision of one of her boys. <whistles> so... Uh, Well, you boys will work things out. (laughs) Where's my cat? I have to eat her. Uh, Have a good time, Simon. (laughs) So, Simon, uh, uh, he hears, Pennies for your thoughts, young fella. And he turns and looks and sees, Holy crap, Abraham Lincoln, who then turns into Curly from the Three Stooges. Only (laughs) with white
1: hair.
0: With white hair. Yeah, I didn't quite get that either because at first that, uh, what is that, Jimmy Durante? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so curly with white hair, and then poof, he turns into the beast. So he's like, what, what are you doing here? Which, you know, of course, uh, Hank McCoy has to say, it's only me, Hank McCoy. You're a bodacious, blue-furred buddy. Really, like, I couldn't see that <laughs> with the hair and the glasses. But anyway, uh, he basically tells him, well, he's traveling incognito. He's got these Stark Solutions image inducer, the handy dandy, uh, again, plot device, <coughs> as we'll see. Yeah, because you can't have Scarlet Witch on the flight to change the plot for you. <laughs> Hank basically tells Simon, well, you know, he says, "How did you get here?" And he says, "By taxi." Uh, well, seriously, Wanda emailed me uh, about your journey west, and she seemed a bit concerned. So he arrived. Uh, he arranged to get some time off for the X Men and. Thought so he'd uh, hang out with his buddy and see how everything was going. So we get another little flashback, a little exposition. It's the exposition, what a show! The exposition. Here we go. Little Mount Brooks there. Oh. <laughs> you didn't get that one? Should be yes, the. In- I, yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> Should be the Inquisition for those of you who don't know what we're speaking about. Uh, Tor Kamada. You just can't talk him out of anything. We have a little more exposition that talks about when how Simon became Wonder Man, which is he had embezzled money from his company, but he was doing it for the right reasons. That was when the Enchantress bailed him out, and he was then kind of, you know, indebted to her. He was introduced to... Uh, Nazi war criminal, Baron Zemo. So, another little Masters of the, uni- masters of the Universe. What the hell am I saying? <laughs> My God. Oh. Anyway, Baron Zemo created him, uh, helped him become Wonder Man, was using him as a way to infiltrate into the Avengers to destroy them from the inside, blah, 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 blah. He was holding over his head that he um, would need an antidote or he was going to die inside of a week. Uh, the Avengers said, Well, you know, of course we'll help you, etc., etc. He betrayed them, then he fought for them, then he died, and they stuck him into suspended animation, and he woke up. Ooh, because this, this took place back in Avengers number 9, volume 1. And then the Beast decides, Hey, I've got to do a little expo- exposition too. And explains his origins, which was his dad worked in, in as a nuclear technician. And if you look at the picture, uh, well, maybe he was a nuclear technician on the sun. <laughs> well, there was—I I, I
1: do recall his origin story when they did it. He there was like a, a disaster or something, and he put on a uh, containment suit and got it under control, but you know, was exposed in that time. And then uh, went home and got busy. And then
0: nine months later, he had a mutant. Bow, bow, sh- bow, bow, waka, waka, wow. Had a mutant with big feet who was drinking his bottle with his feet. And uh, basically tells on how he then joined the joined up with the X Men. They fought against Magneto and the Hulk. This was recounted in uh, X Men: The Hidden Years when they fought the Hulk. Which was that one of the cheap titles too? I don't think so. That was when that's the, wasn't that the John Burns? It was not a a cheap title. That was like a John Burns series that filled in a lot of the gaps, but they had also done. They did
1: the X-Men unplugged as well, but there was also one of the last issues of the uh, X-Men. It might've been the last issue before they went into the repeat, into the re uh, prints. They faced the Hulk and then John Byrne kind of revisited
0: it from there because that's where the first run ones had ended right ah uh, yes yes was that 66 was that when they went in their reprints right, right around there,
1: 65 yeah. 66
0: somewhere around there mm. and then um he also goes uh after that he talks about an amazing adventures volume 2 number 11 where he became the Greyford beast which that was probably due to coloring techniques in the past why did they change it from gray to blue uh i I, I don't know if it was you know if he was originally gray because of the coloring
1: techniques and what was available because I think by then they could have made him blue if they wanted to I I think they tried him out gray but they decided blue looked a little bit more
0: likable mm. Yeah well well that would well hmm because later in the I believe the Age of Apocalypse stuff you had the Dark Beast and if I remember correctly his fur was gray. Um, and then at some point, he actually takes the Beast and walls him up via Edgar Allan Poe style, traps him, and then dyes his fur and takes his and replaces him on the team. Yeah. But, again, I'm tangenting. So, and then he also uh, t- talks about when he decided to become an Avenger, when they were doing an a, a open uh, pledge drive. You know, Pledge Night at the Avengers, Jerry Lewis comes out and sings... Uh, When you walk through a storm, hold the Avengers up high, and you'll never avenge alone. Anyway, that was Avengers Volume 1, number 137. And then not too soon after that was when Simon Williams came back from the dead out of his ionic uh, suspended animation sleep in Avengers 151. And we have a nice shot of him bursting out of a coffin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just a bunch of wood. Just a big box. Just a big box. Which you know what? I think they did. God, it's been so long since I read that. I did they did somebody deliver him and he popped out of the box just I think like so. just like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And then uh, the maybe beast, we'll cover that in an. Episode. Maybe we will. Maybe on on our next mini spotlight we'll do something on that. And uh, talked about how the beast helped him design a, uh, a new a newer costume for him in issue 161. <laughs> And then they are quickly distracted by a hijacking. What the? <laughs> a hijacking on the middle of the plane. Man, I tell you, you just can't go anywhere. Well, you, I'll just use this phrase again. You can't throw a stick without hitting somebody from the popular front for Slo... S- 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 whatever. Yeah, easy for me to say. Slorenian sovereignty. P-F-F-S-S-S. PF Pfff. Pf they gotta come up with a better name. The popular front for Solarian Solarinian? crap Better than crap. Do as we say, and no one will get hurt. As those words were uttered by one of the would be hijackers. Simon Williams reaches out and snatches away the knife that one of the guys was holding at the stewardess's throat. And the other one is taken out by the book that Hank McCoy was reading, The Phantoms of the Brain, by Remax and Blakes Lee. And they quickly subdue the uh, the hijackers. And just, uh, is you know, is everybody all right? Hank examines their gun. Oh, this is made of super hardened plastics. Must be how they smuggled it past security. And the, uh, the ladies tell them, well, there's, yes, there's three more back in coach and they have guns. So, and they have explosives. So back in the back, uh, the other guys are talking about how since Ultron, the, that the American-made robot Ultron was ravaging Slorinia, and now they deny Slorinian exiles entry back to their own homeland. They will, they will hijack this plane and demand that they be uh, returned to their country. <laughs> Great. Uh, I if I remember, didn't everybody wasn't everybody killed there? <laughs> that was the Ultron one you yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, that was where Ultron didn't he slaughter the entire population? I think he did. Was that I was was that after this, I guess? Well I well no, it was obviously before well no, oh, no. I'm, I'm now No it, well, yeah, it was it was before this, but uh or was it the Kang one? I don't know. We'll get around. I think, it was, I think it was Ultron that did it. Maybe when we do our Ultron, um, oh, focus him. So we will. So he's threatening everybody with plastic explosives. Uh, one of the guys in coach yells up to first class and says, "Rolly, how, how how goes it, my friend?" And a uh, guy sticks out his head and says, "Well, but we could use some, we could use some assistance." So they send one of the guys up front, the Beast, who was using his image inducer to appear as one of the terrorists. They grab the guy quickly, take his gun basically pump them for information as to what their plan is then the beast goes back out there again now disguised as the guy that just walked back there and and simon is behind him in a a lovely disguise of a ball cap and a and a oversized jacket nobody would ever tell him with the glowing red eyes under the ball cap that it was him but apparently johan didn't tell them everything and they slip up the guy throws the one of the uh, terrorists throws the plastic explosives and Simon doing the the Captain America move dives on it and protects everyone from the explosion in the cab, although probably deafening everyone and blowing out the cockpit and everyone suffocates. But that doesn't happen because this is a comic book and not reality, Bill. So, so sacred mother, the Wonder Man, Wonder Man is not hack me, not hack me, not hack <laughs> I'm not hack me either. Hack me. New no, hack me. You maniac. That's what I meant to say. You maniac. You could have killed everyone. And with one little finger, he knocks the guy out, probably snapping his neck. Plink. Everybody's quickly subdued. Everybody on the plane is happy. Once they're autograph, when they, uh, before they land, they all go back to coach. Meanwhile, people are hopping on their phones, which did they even have in-flight phones at this time? And if they were, they're probably really expensive. So one guy's called CNN to tell him what's going on. And so somebody else is saying, yeah, there's two Avengers on the plane. So by the time they get on the ground and these other clowns are taken off, the terrorists, they are met by Simon's former, wait for it, agent. Remember, Simon was a movie star. And uh, he hadn't come back to L.A. for fame and fortune. He'd come in to, uh, to, for some unfinished business. But his old pal, Neil Soroyan... His former agent is there and is ready for Simon to jump back into the business. And he gets off the plane and sees that there's just these throng of people waiting down there. There's members of the WMFC. What? Oh, wait. Wonder Man Fan Club. Uh, you know, that could possibly stand for so. something else. <laughs> and there's somebody else with a high 1D. People are channeling, Wonder Man Beast. Wonder Man Beast. And someone has a mutie goes home sign, too. Nice. So Simon doesn't want any of this. He grabs his agent and he grabs the beast by his fur, which uh, Beast is (laughs) not too happy about. And, uh, you know, he's easy with the pelt. I've grown attached to it. Flies over to his old agent's uh, car, drops them in and picks it up and flies away from the airport as they fly away, uh, we are seeing a, another lady is talking to someone on the phone. And it's obviously someone who knows Simon because uh, they're saying, hey, you were right. Uh, and her her name is um, Cindy. She says, uh, you were right. Uh, you were right. He came back just like you said. And, and she looks up and sees him flying away from the airport with the convertible. And she's whispering, yes, just like I said. But this doesn't go unnoticed by, uh, this goes, this does not go unnoticed by others. Was that a double negative? God, I'm horrible. I really got to write does stuff. not go unnoticed. Is this uh, that's not- all right. That's <laughs> fine. Anyway. Move along. Move along. Move along. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Nothing to synopsize here. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, a lackey has got on the phone. Mistress, I thought you'd want to know. I'm aware of his return just moments ago. You will be called if you are needed. This woman in rather alluring clothing, like a, what What, what kind of, what is that, Paul? That's like a just a purple robe stretched out. Yeah, and It's not even a robe because it's got the belly open, it's got the sides open. It, it's like one sheet wrapped around her in different... It's like a toga. It's like a toga. It's a skimpy toga.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: A stoga? Skimpy well, she, toga. She's
1: got kind of like a, uh, I don't know, like not a
0: thong but a i don't know it's it's, it's it's very it's very revealing
1: let's just say
0: yes and she has plants on her head she's uh, got a butterface a butterface face? a good body but a face oh but <laughs> 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 yeah her face is kind of bad of course you you're distracted by the plants growing out of the back of her head and this is the Lotus, as she is called by the man uh, she currently has enthralled. I guess she just needs to touch them, or maybe it's the scent of these flowers growing out of the back of her head. So she's the Marvel version of Poison Ivy that never caught on, I guess. I guess, yeah. That's because uh, this is I'm not familiar with her at all. Me neither. I, but obviously, it's because um, it says she's basically seems like uh, she knows him. So I know. Wonder Man had a... M- she's his archenemy. I guess so. At least, she's, at least she thinks she is. Um, I know that there was a Wonder Man series earlier in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is where she comes from. I, I haven't read all those. I don't know. even think I have all of those. But, I only
1: have one or two of them. I think there were like maybe like
0: around 30 issues total. Mm, I'm not even sure they did that many. We could consult the internet, but... Nah. We could, but we won't. We won't. Not this time. We've, we've done enough of that. So that's where this is. Next issue: nightmares and, and memories or memories, depending on how you're looking at this picture. Uh, this is a three-issue series. I do have the other two. Maybe I'll take. Why don't you synopsize them now? Okay, we've got another five hours. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this is what happens when I don't write down notes because this was a quick impromptu episode because we want to keep the Avengers spotlight ball rolling. So. I apologize for my flightiness.
1: Keep them doggies rolling. Sp- Whatever happens, what I, happen
0: I won't sing. Yeah, I see. It's to me. <laughs> I've infected you like the lotus.
1: I just hope you're not wearing that outfit right
0: now. <laughs> Oof. Me too. Although I have lost a little weight. <laughs> not enough to wear that. And I have not had breast augmentation either. I'm
1: just going to let that go.
0: I'm going to turn around and walk away from that comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we have for tonight. I don't know if we're going to be, uh, schedule wise. If- well, are we going to actually discuss this one? You, you synopsized it. We never oh. discussed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kind of discussed it as we went. Yeah, that's right. We didn't. Um, totally. I was, I, 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 I yeah, I was thrown off by things that happened earlier that got edited out. <laughs> That. I was talking fancy to you. <laughs> <laughs> you said, but a face. Okay. Yes. Let me go. All right. Art. Mark Bagley. I like his art. I know some people don't, but uh, I have no, no problem with it. Most of this book is a clip show, just rehashing everything, um, getting everybody up to speed on the characters. If you're not familiar with them, I think this is a book that Stanley would be proud of <laughs> in that, you know you know if if it's the first comic book you ever read you you're be- you're definitely up to history on on these two characters
1: well you figure this is one where they were saving money for the budget for the future episodes the <laughs> clip
0: show yeah exactly yeah art wise i would give this i've i've seen better Begley art but it could be who was the inker who is the anchor Greg Adams? I, I'm not familiar with Greg Adams. I would give this art a B plus, And I would give the story, even though it's a clip show,
1: hmm,
0: C plus. Hmm. I mean, because there's really, I mean, well, it just doesn't. The only thing that really happens is he leaves Wanda, gets on a plane There's a hijacking and he gets off and takes his agent and flies to, I mean, there's really not, other than the recounting of the story, it's things we already know. I mean, mean, it is kind of worked in there, but yeah, that's just me. I mean, I do like Wonder Man and the Beast as as a combo. Uh, The cover is again, same guys, So, I mean, art wise, I would say also B plus on the cover. Overall, I would give the book an overall score of a B though.
2: All right.
1: Well, well, I'm a little harsher than you on this one because, uh, you know, I like Bagley, but I see him as kind of a poor man's George Perez. hmm uh, and this isn't his best work. This isn't bad, but it's not his best work. So to me, George Perez ranges from a, you know from a B to an A, depending on which work you're going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm thinking as a poor man's George Perez, Begley kind of goes from a C to a B, depending on what you're going on. And I'm not seeing this as his best stuff. So I'm giving this a C to a C plus on the art. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's exceptionally good, but it's certainly not bad. Uh so i'm thinking i'm I'm thinking c plus a little better than average but nothing really special story-wise the clip show part of it i I don't think they did a good job of you know even laying out their histories all that well uh i don't think it made for a cogent story the way it was laid out i don't think the whole uh hijacking story played all that well i'm giving it a c-minus on the story Hmm. so i'm giving it overall a c Just an average book, you know, nothing, nothing you'd go out of your way to get, but you know, not something that you'd be really annoyed
0: that you read it either. Just an average book. Yeah. Well, maybe it's my, maybe because I like the characters is why I gave it a little bit higher score. But yeah. Oh, if I didn't like the characters, I might've given it a D. (laughs) (laughs) I can see where you say he's kind of like a poor man's George Perez, because actually in some of those flashback panels, those were George Perez issues if I remember correctly, time frame, possibly. Uh, well,
1: the... the Yeah, I mean, the Wonder Man being resurrected is right around the George Perez era.
0: Yeah. Whether or not he drew
1: that particular issue, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's definitely in that era.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, there is... A, what page is this? uh, Yeah, there is one page. It's kind of Hank McCoy's features are a little bit wonky, and that's uh, on... The one we're talking about, where, where after he gets re- resurrected and Hank designed his new costume, if you look at the way Hank's face is turned, he's really looks. He looks more like the elongated man there with his chin. <laughs> yeah, you just have to draw the little twitching sign, uh, lines by his nose. Yeah, his face is just not really. It, he yeah he it, he looks maybe more the like, uh, image so was malfunctioning. <laughs>
1: He looks like jughead kind of <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's not bad. It's just yeah. like I said, it's just nothing outstanding. It's it's not definitely to say it would be bad in any way would be wrong, I think. But
0: it's, it's it's just not top of the line stuff. Well, I I always see these two guys as like they're like a buddy cop characters is the way I, I see them you know, Simon's usually the straight man and the Beast is the cut up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, you know, Beast would be Mel Gibson and Simon Williams would be, what's his name? Danny no. Glover. Thank you. I've drawn a blank. Joe Pesci. Joe <laughs> They blank you in first class. Yeah, there, I don't have to edit myself. There you
1: go. <laughs> right, that might be a good place to go out
0: yeah should we just in- <laughs> we're gonna end it on <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I edit myself and you just kind of write it there then you have Scott give the thank you for listening to our show thank you for listening to our show
2: thank you so much for listening to our show and we hope you'll join us each and every week for more good old fashioned comic book back issue awesomeness You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by visiting the Two True Freaks section of www.forumforgeeks.com. Back to the Bins is produced in association with the Two True Freaks podcast, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com All right, here I am.
1: Here I am, the one that you owe. Yeah, that's I was thinking, air supply when I said it. (laughs) Or not. Here (laughs) I am. What's sad is that I realized it was air supply that quickly.
0: Yeah, you were right on that, weren't you? Yeah. (laughs) All over that air supply. You know, a huge, huge air supply. (laughs) 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 I can't
1: even say that with a straight face.
0: I can't back that up, no. Uh,
1: just remote I mean, I'm trying to... It. What, I mean, all of their songs are pretty much the same song, aren't they?
0: I was just trying to think of another Air Supply song. Uh, I'm All Out of Love.
1: <laughs> wow, that one came pretty quick to you, too. Uh, what else did they have? They had a few. Um, I'm all out of love.
0: I'm so lost without you. Yeah,
1: apparently, you didn't have too much difficulty thinking of it, either. <laughs>
0: Let's see. Now, now I have to. You know, I have. That's like when, That's like when somebody says, uh, "Quick, name three songs from Casey and the Sunshine Band," and and you're like, you can get one or two right off the top of your head, but it's like the third one is always tough. So, like Casey and the Sunshine Band, it's uh, "I'm Your Boogeyman." Man. Um, yeah. See. 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 see uh, I mean, he's only got like three bigs. Oh
1: they they actually Casey and the Sunshine Band actually have a bunch of good songs. What's this, uh, give it up?
0: Do, 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 do. I see I mm, That's the way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like it. Uh-huh. All right. I Actually so, like, I like Casey and the Sunshine Band. So let's Oh, well, I didn't yeah, So that's two, right? We've got Boogeyman, That's the go. way. What's the, third? the greatest hits? Let me uh well, but what's gonna, the
1: third you got Lost in Love. Okay. Even the nights
0: are better. Lost, went lost in love. In, okay, all right. Even the nights are better. You know the what? One that you, love? you know who should be singing that? Who? Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all out of
1: love. So lost without you. Every woman in the world.
0: <laughs> Would you like to take it, Mister Arnold? Girl, you're
1: every woman in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and what's uh, what's their next one? Making love out of nothing at all. Making love out of nothing at all. All out of love. Here I am, just when you thought I was over you. And sweet dreams. I couldn't even tell you. I could only think of the arrhythmics. Sweet dreams are made of these. <laughs> of oh, these. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't, don't.
0: Got to pound your <laughs> fist. Some of the, uh,
1: some of the, uh, well, some of the air supply songs are, uh, produced by Jim Steinman. Seems like a real jump to go from
0: meatloaf to, uh, air supply. <laughs> meatloaf. I kind of like meatloaf. Oh, no. I was just, I was trying to picture Arnold doing meatloaf. What's it going to be, girl? Yes or no?
1: <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> I'll Let, me play- <laughs> Let me sleep on it. And now I'm praying for the end of time. So hurry
1: up and arrive. Because if I have to spend another minute with you, I'd put a bullet in my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But I won't do that. No no I won't
0: do that.
1: I said Arnold with the Arnold singers.
0: <laughs> Arnold and the Arnettes <laughs> <laughs> Got a bunch of... So speaking of Arnold, did you see the ping pong him and the ping pong commercial in the Super Bowl?
1: Yeah, that was weird.
0: That was that was like surreal. That the not just... shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, you posted that other one where he was in disguise in a gym. Was it you that posted that? I think I posted it. Did you see it on Facebook where he was, he had like this fake black mustache on and this black wig and and, and, and a hat and he's coming up to people that are working out in the gym and they're just looking at him like, what? You didn't see that, huh? I don't think oh. that. I'll have to go back and look at that or find I did, that. Yeah, it could be, he, you know, in a senior moment. I don't know. He was... <laughs> <laughs> he was promoting fitness like, you know, uh, I'll, I'll have to look that up. So anyway, well, I guess we like we got to get to the show.